I'm recording now. Me too, boy. I need to, need to drink some of that, that alcoholic water before we start. That's what I'm talking about. Ah, so refreshing. Ah. I'm so drunk. Welcome to the Interstate Gamers Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, a.k.a. K-Slugs. My name is Peter, a.k.a. Do It For Real. And I'm also your host. Hell yeah, brother. And we're back for another Season 2 bonus episode. <laughs> Dang, dude. We are on the same wavelength. Yeah. I love it. Always, brother. Um, anyway, we've got a special episode for you guys today. Um, we thought we would do a Q&A with our loyal and avid fans um, out there. so And they could get to know us a little bit more on a personal level, you know, that connection. Mm. Mm. So uh, we thought we'd, we'd, it'd be fun to do one of these and kind of see what you guys would like to ask us. And we, we, we reached out to you guys on social media or other mediums, and uh, we've, got, we've got quite a few questions to go through. Yeah, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised, honestly. I, I don't know why I was doubting our loyal and avid fans, which by the way, most most things either have loyal fans or avid fans, but we have both. So you guys are awesome. Thank you very much. <laughs> um but yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised and if we if we ever decide to do another one, we honestly have questions left over. So <laughs> yeah, you guys are real good. Yeah. Um we got so many questions that we won't be able to get to all of them exactly, but we've gotten to most of them. So I guess without further ado, Peter, would you like to read our first question? Sure thing, boy. Our first question is from none other than our good buddy Z-Link Gaming, a.k.a. Chris, a.k.a. Z-Chris, a.k.a. Chris093, a.k.a. the, uh, I don't have a last one for that. Sweetie Pie. Our Sweetie Pie. Uh, Yeah, Chris. Chris sent us this very good question, which we are honored to start off with. And he also sent it in. Pretty close to the deadline, so good going, Chris. You clutched it. You uh, got there on the perfect line, so here we go. <laughs> Chris asks, in an alternate universe, what do you think Alt-Kev and Alt-Pete would be podcasting about? Hmm, that's a very good question. Um, I've thought about this before. I don't know what my answer is, really, but I, I have thought about this, because I think it would be fun to do like a podcast with you that wasn't... I mean... To be clear, I really love our podcast, but I'm just saying like it would be fun to do something else. I mean, kind of like this. This is kind of pretty different from our usual stuff. Yeah. Uh, I can't say beer because, you know, we'd be copying the Yeasty Boys and I, we, I couldn't do that to our homies. Yeah. Um, man, this is a tough one. This is actually one of the questions I had trouble answering as well. I don't know what it would be about, but I think we do really well with a very formatted show. So if we could come up with something that's very systematic. I think we could both excel at it pretty well. Yeah, my only uh, my only stipulation, I guess, would be I would like for it to be a show where, what well, if we were doing this show alongside IG? I know that's not the question, but um, if we were to do another show in addition to IG, I would want it to be something where we don't have to do like preparation for the most part, because that's like the one thing about the podcast that sometimes is inconvenient, like having to have well thought out responses to our opinions about things. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and like, yeah, doing preparation. So something that we could do like kind of off the cuff would be cool, but still structured somehow. Yeah. So I'm not sure what that would be. Um, movies, maybe? Uh, maybe I like... Don't, I don't like movies, though. Oh, uh, yeah, you don't like movies. And it'd be the same problem. We'd still have to prepare. Yeah. And like do research and stuff. Maybe like... I don't know. What do people normally podcast about other than video games? We couldn't do sports. No, I'm not into sports. Um, <laughs> we could talk about being young professional white men in the U.S. Oh, we could. That'd be pretty cool. That's not a very popular uh, demographic. <laughs> no, but talk about a lot of people could relate to us, though. That'd be so great. We'd have such a huge audience. Right. Uh, Chris, we might have to come back to you on this, but you've given us some good food for thought. I, I want to close out that question real quick by saying, if we did live in the same location, it might be fun to like go out to like random locations and just put random people on our podcast and just ask them <laughs> random questions. <laughs> That's a pretty cool idea. 
yeah. bet there's people who do that on YouTube. Yeah. And stuff like that. Most likely. I might have to check it out. Yeah. Well, our next question comes from our good buddy Rybred. He says he referenced this during his the Metroid Prime episode. Even though Metroid Prime is his favorite game of all time, it would not be his first video game recommendation if someone asked him, what's the one video game I should play? Not knowing what kind of game he or she likes, my answer would be Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door. So now, to you two. Not knowing the person's taste in video games, what is the one game that you would recommend to someone that they should play? I do want to start off by saying I think it's kind of wild that your recommendation would be that game. Um, I mean, I, I haven't played it all the way through. I've only p- played a little bit, but I do think it's a good game, and certainly a ton of people think it's like one of the all-time greats. But I feel like I feel like RPGs like that aren't really like representative of video games as a whole, and and, and I feel like my goal personally would be to do something that's a little more like representative of that. And and maybe maybe Ryan's coming from a different perspective, and that's why I don't agree with his answer. But I just found his answer like really interesting. I think it's a good uh, response. That game's really good, and it's very generic. And I think is overall just a good time and something that people can get into. It's very long, though. Yeah, the only hesitation I might have is that one. It's you know it's it's kind of long, but that's that's not a huge issue if you're really into it. But the turn-based system might turn some people off. But honestly, it's really fun and interactive. So. For me personally, I think that's a great answer. Um, I, in regards to this answer, I want to know one thing, and I want to know what is their experience level with video games. I don't have to know their taste, but like, do they play a lot of video games, or do they not play any at all? See, that's that's kind of the one thing I would know, want to know, because if they haven't played any, I would definitely, or not very many, I should say, I would definitely recommend them something modern. It's very easy to get into. Maybe something lighthearted and fun and very with a very low ceiling. So maybe Mario Party or Mario Kart, something along those lines. Yeah. Um, but if it's like more experienced players, uh, I had a hard time with this because I could pick so many games. Um, but one of the Zeldas would be a good choice. Um, Breath of the Wild's kind of an easy gateway into whatever you want. I was thinking Zelda too. I was thinking probably something like Wind Waker or Ocarina, maybe. Yeah. Um, but that's interesting. The point you bring up about experience level, because I was assuming, uh, like I was assuming this would be baby's first video game, so to speak. Um, yeah. In which case, I think that even then, a Zelda would be a pretty good choice because, like, I-, I think Zelda games aren't like too twitchy, so you don't have to depend necessarily on having great reaction time or like the best hand-eye coordination or anything like that. Which is why I wouldn't recommend an FPS or something. Um, yeah, but this is going to be a cliche secondary answer for me. But honestly, I think Super Mario World <laughs> would be a good choice, or maybe <laughs> like Super Mario Brothers three, um, or something like that. Um, I mean, hell, maybe even like the new Super Mario Bros. I mean, I don't have too much experience with those games, but they're you know same formula, just different, more modern execution. But I feel like Mario games are really like just solid, like fun, not too much investment, kind of twitchy, but not twitchy enough to turn off people who I think are generally bad at video games. So yeah. that would be, that'd probably be my answer. And another one I thought of, and it's kind of like one you wouldn't normally think about, but maybe Rocket League. Like that's pretty easy to just kind of be like, yeah, you can play Rocket League with me and you grab a bud and you all both play Rocket League and everybody has a good time. Oh, I don't know about that because Rocket League has a pretty high learning curve, I think. Well, not when you're like, playing with a bunch actually of... Get noobs i don't know i i personally like i had way more fun with rocket league once i got good at it so i guess if this person has time to get good at this game then i would agree with you but well that was a good question i really enjoyed it um do you want to read our next question sure so our next contributor is none other than our good friend brandon story thank you brandon for contributing uh three excellent questions first one is what is your alcoholic drink of choice? Beer, wine, spirits, water. Water? What the hell, Brandon? Etc. <laughs> and what is the Brandon style? Um, I'll start off with my answer. My favorite alcoholic drink is definitely water. Uh, I had some <laughs> before the show, and it, it hydrates you. It doesn't have the side effects of other alcohol. It's really good. Uh, you know, the basis of all life. Right. Um, my actual answer, though, is if we're talking about drinks we could drink all the time, then my answer would probably be like 
any red wine. I just really like red wine, and I feel like I could have it every couple nights or whatever, just as a general like drink. Um, yeah. But my favorite like particular drink that is a really good like treat for me is a beer called the Collette Farmhouse Ale by the Great Divide Brewing Company, based here in Colorado. Um, it's just a very flavorful beer. It's won like various beer awards, so you know it's <laughs> you know it's good. The pros say it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I checked, and you can get some in uh, East Texas. I found. And Ooh. if you guys are listening in a more central Texas location, it would probably be even easier for you to find it, the uh, the Collette Farmhouse Ale. But yeah, that's my answer. Red, red wine. <laughs> sing it. I, I want, I've, been, I've been wanting to sing that ever since you said it, but I was like, I don't want to interrupt him. Um, but right now, I for me, I'm pretty cliche uh, when it comes to beer right now. I, I'm really good with my shiner. Like I, I love my shiner. Yeah. But if I want to go something a little more unique or stronger, I'm going out to the bar with some bros, or um, I'll get a barrel aged beer of some sort, or maybe a stout. I really like those. Any particular brand of uh, either of those? Uh, no, nothing, nothing particular. I do like um, the Dogfish Head beer that I've been. Uh, I think it's called the Santo Paulo Maron. I've probably had that on a few of these podcasts when we did the beer podcast yeah didn't didn't it get you pretty uh pretty slizzard yeah that's the one that got me really lit super mario, in world. Super mario world yeah yeah so yeah that one cool uh brandon's second question is what is the game you did a podcast for and hated playing the most kev <laughs> do you want to start off with this yeah i'm sorry matt but it's Mega Man x that oh shit i did not think that was gonna be the answer <laughs> that game pissed me off damn i'm sorry it just i had i i don't know if i was really frustrated at the time or really stressed out about life but man Mega Man x got me so livid <laughs> dang but it but i recognize but i think i rated it fairly for the amount of frustration that it gave me and i recognize that it's a good game that people love so i i, I realize it's not for me but that one got me pretty heated. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because that's, like, very commonly called a great game. Yeah. And so, like, I feel like it's not so much that you hate the game or you don't, you don't hate the game, but you hated playing it at that moment. Yeah. I think like that's kind of what you're saying, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, my answer, and this is going to upset a lot of people as well, probably, but um, I didn't hate it, but the game that I disliked playing the most for the show has been Luigi's Mansion. Um, yeah I know yeah and you're gonna (laughs) so and and I think I talked about this when we did that episode but I just didn't enjoy the gameplay very much Mm -hmm. and while the aesthetics are very strong I feel like the aesthetics just weren't enough to carry the game for me like I just didn't have fun sitting down and playing it because like I knew there would be ghosts and like funny sound effects and cool music but like you kind of get all of that within your first 30 minutes to hour of playing through it and really i just beat the game out of a sense of duty i didn't really enjoy playing it that much Hmm. so that's my that's my answer i didn't expect to like it but i really really enjoyed it and it made me like luigi a little bit more i've my my history with luigi is kind of weird in that i go through these (laughs) like waves of hating him and and then not hating him like uh super smash bros the original one i hated luigi but then like Paper Mario, uh, the '64 version. I was like, Luigi's, Luigi's awesome. So, yeah. And then I went through even even longer period of hating Luigi. And then Luigi's Mansion came around. And I'm like, all right, Luigi's pretty cool. And so I'm I'm back on the Luigi hype train. I don't think I've ever had like measurable feelings about Mario characters, except <laughs> maybe Yoshi when I was a big Yoshi fan. But yeah. that was a long time ago. Um, cool. So Brandon's final question is. Can either one of us do a cartwheel? Hell yes, I can. Do you have proof? Uh, I will video myself doing a cartwheel and put it on Instagram for all of you. Um, but yes, I can. Now, if the video proves that I can't, well, I'm sorry that I lied to all of you, but I'm quite confident that I can. It's it's not too hard. I'm not sure that I can, and to be honest, I don't really feel like doing it. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wimp out and say no, Brandon. I cannot do a uh, cart carted wheel i'll just do like a, a stick figure animated drawing of you doing a cartwheel yeah 
the stick figure pretty accurately resembles uh, <laughs> resembles my appearance as well. The so. frame by frame shot of just <laughs> this horribly drawn stick figure. All right, so guys, you can look forward to that on the IG social media. <laughs> Kevin's beautiful <laughs> video. Um, in the meantime, though, we got some more questions. Here's one from our good buddy Seth. Uh, what's his last name? Webb. Seth Webb. Yeah. Seth, I'm very sorry. <laughs> if it's any consolation, I forgot both your and Simon's last names. How at this dare moment. you not remember a fan's last name? I know. A paying fan, too, nonetheless. Thank you to all the supporters on Patreon, by the way. Really appreciate that. Seth asks, What's one game that would have been better as two? For example, Dead Rising being two separate zombie games, one further expanding and focusing on the idea of a time constraint, and the other revolving around the item combination system. Uh, I haven't played Dead Rising, so I'm not, I don't totally understand the reference, but I do think I understand his general idea. Like, if a game is trying to do too many things, like, if it's, if it's trying to focus on too many things, what's a game like that that would be better off split into two? Um, Gab, mm. do you have an answer for this? It took me a while to just kind of think of one, like, off the top of my head. Like, I really had to search through, like, my head, like, man, when have I ever thought this about a game? Um, and one I kind of quick, not quickly came to, but I was like, well, it'd be kind of cool if this was, like, this part was a little bit separate from the actual game, but... Fallout 4's like settlement building system was so good, and I think as a separate game on its own, you could really like put a lot of more thought into it and kind of make a Fallout game around that instead of kind of what they have for 76 right now. Um, and I think if you expand that and make it more about the settlements and like making that more of the game itself, it could turn out to be really, really cool. And I think a lot of people enjoyed that aspect of the game, so um, that'll be my answer. Yeah, that's a pretty good answer, I think. My answer for this isn't really, like... It's not a game that I think needed to be split into two, but I think it would be really cool if it happened. Um, and that is Super Smash Bros. Brawl. I would love for the Subspace Emissary to be, like, its own full game where that was the focus. And, like, they made that mode as cool and as flesh out as they possibly could. Because I, I just... I really enjoy it, Um and, and I would love to play something like that, you know, in Ultimate or in really any other Smash game, that one that has an engine that I think is more fun personally. But I like I was I was telling someone this a couple of weeks ago, but I would be willing to pay like forty dollars maybe for a Smash Brothers Ultimate standalone like single player adventure like with platforming and all that stuff. And I, I think they could do a really good job of it. Yeah, like a story mode Smash Bros. Like that's it. Like that that is Smash Bros. Yeah, and and I think there could be some problems with it, like, you know, how do you balance the platforming of a stage with all these characters who have different movement options? That, I, I think I was talking about this with Dolphin Dasher, actually, and that would be, I, I think that a problem like, like that you could avoid just by, you know, limiting who can play on what stage. Like, if, if it makes the game better, I think it would be fine to do that, um, just to address that concern, but yeah, I that, that's my answer, and I, I really, that's the only one I got, <laughs> but I think I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, they've been kind of like the past two games. They've been kind of ge- like gearing away from really the story at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or really any extra modes that are any fun. Well, yeah, <laughs> we could, we could get into that, but we probably shouldn't. So moving on um, to the next question. This is from Simon Simon Webb, um, my good buddy Simon, who we all know and love from the last episode. He asks, and he has two questions, but the first one is, if you could live in any video game universe, what would it be? Now, no cop-outs like GTA, um, but something that is similar to ordinary life. No, he's saying that GTA is a cop-out because it is similar to ordinary life. Oh, right. Yeah, that's what he's asking. (laughs) So what's your answer? Oh, my answer is Pokemon. I think it would be really cool to form a bond with, like, a specific type of Pokemon, like let's say I caught like a Pikachu, you know, very cliche yeah. answer. But and that was my Pikachu, and I trained it to be, you know, this loyal companion, and it was really tough, and we battled other trainers, and we just had the best time of our lives, and we always stayed at a young age and never grew up. <laughs> that would that's, be awesome. That's a fan fiction right there. Yeah, I know, right? You know, I was thinking about Pokemon too. Um 
I feel like a lot of people would think about Pokemon first, <laughs> even if it wouldn't necessarily be their final answer. But my only issue with that is how, like, I feel like every gosh dang Pokemon has some crazy earth-shattering ability. Like, when you start reading the Pokedex entries, it's like, oh, Tyranitar can li- literally push mountains around. And, uh, you know, uh, what's like some of the ghost Pokemon do just crazy shit that's, like, terrifying. And I feel like my issue is the entire world is filled with these superpower creatures, and I don't know if I could handle the chaos. So <laughs> my answer might actually be a Zelda universe, but when Ganon isn't, like, attacking. Because, <laughs> no, because if you think about it, like, I mean, Ganon only attacks once every, what, like, 100 years or whatever? Like, I don't really know what the timeline is, but it's a pretty rare thing. And, like, I feel like in Pokemon, shit's always going down. There's always some, like, team taking over the world or whatever, so. Yeah, but then you feel like you can, like, handle that with your Pokemon. I guess, but, like, if the entire fate of the world is going to rest on my shoulders because I'm, like, a prepubescent teen with a Pokemon, I'm not (laughs) sure I want that. I think I'd rather be some, like, nobody in Zelda where I can, like, go in these magical woods and maybe, like, maybe fight a wolf or something, and or maybe become a wolf. Hey, yo, Twilight Princess. Or, like, just interact with all these different cool, like, races of people and learn about their cultures and stuff like that. Like, like wouldn't it be so fun to, like, hang out with a Goron and a Zora yeah. and just, like, do cool shit? It'd be, like, some, some like, 90s sitcom with, like, a very diverse cast. <laughs> It'd be one of those things. Yeah. I'd watch that show, by the way. Yeah, I would, too. <laughs> Nintendo. At Nintendo. Um, but, yeah, no, I almost put Zelda myself, but I definitely think that Pokemon would be something that I would want to do because it's like it's challenging, it could be competitive, and it's really cool, and you can form a bond with this this creature and they form a bond with you and it's just You're a big awesome. fan of dog fighting already, so it means okay. a natural transition. <laughs> no. But I you know, I guess since I recently, you know, acquired a new pup, I have enjoyed, you know, having said new pup and creating a bond with said pup. Her name is Bella. She's sweet. But um yeah. Cool. I think it's time for Simon's second question. So his next question is, um, what is one game you are really excited for and then extremely disappointed by? I do not have an answer for this. <laughs> I have, I've actually never felt this way. <laughs> I'm going to have to say, uh, I haven't played this game, but I was really disappointed so much so from what I was hearing so much so that I did not get the game. And that is fallout 76. Yeah. I love fallout. And I love the Fallout universe, and I was like so excited about this game. Even when people were like skeptical at the beginning, I was like, you know what? Let's give it a chance. I know it's different; could be different. And Bethesda's already come out and said, you know, this is a different kind of game. We're just kind of experimenting with things here. But it sounded like, you know, for as experimental as it was, it sounded like one they weren't ready. Two, it just they didn't put a lot of thought into it, and they've received a lot of backlash. It almost seemed like a cash grab. To be honest, which is really disappointing to hear. Yeah. Um, so that's that's one game. Um, another game might be Octopath. Uh, I I played the demo after like you know hearing what it was all about. I played the demo and wasn't really that impressed. But yeah, I I, I played the demo and I did enjoy it. Um, I do think that the the storyline intersecting thing was not as exciting as it's cracked up to be. But I still feel like it's a good game under that, and it's like it's beautiful, like. Pretty objectively beautiful. Yeah. So uh, it, it's not high on my pr- priority list to buy the full game, but I would want to own the full game eventually. Yeah, I think if it was cheaper, I wouldn't mind going through it. But yeah, I'll save my full opinions for that another day. Yeah, I might grab it on sale if it's ever on sale. Um, I actually do kind of have an answer now that I was thinking about it. Uh, I wouldn't say extremely disappointed by. So sorry, Simon. I'm messing with the parameters of your question a bit. Um, but I was disappointed by Tony Hawk's American Wasteland, <laughs> which is the game that came out after Tony Hawk's Underground 2, which came out after Tony Hawk's Underground, which is my favorite Tony Hawk's game of all time. Um, and the reason for that, it like introduced a bunch of new stuff, but kind of half-assed all of it, I feel. Like, there was, there was a storyline that was actually kind of cool, but it was just executed, I think, in this clunky way. Uh, not that Tony Hawk games need to have great stories, but like Tony Hawk's Underground does, I think. And like it does it really well, so it's kind of a disappointment for me in this one. And uh, the mechanics were like, there's just so many crazy new mechanics that have felt overwhelming, and like it just didn't feel cohesive. Yeah. And also the customization options weren't as cool, or like weren't 
improved enough for a game that came out like two games after the one that I loved. So all in all, oh, by the way, I was like 13 or 12 when I played this. So those are my 13 or 12 year old opinions from a decade ago. But <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I recently replayed the game and I still don't think it's all that great. So I guess that would be my answer. Hmm. Well noted. Um, cool. <laughs> so I guess moving on to <laughs> Matt's question. I don't know how to segue out of these. Right, so our good friend Matt, who guest starred on our uh, Mega Man X episode, uh, I'm sure his heart is hurting to hear Kevin's answer from earlier. Uh, <laughs> Sorry about that. But Matt has, a, Matt has some good questions. His first one is, if your farts were a Pokemon ability, <laughs> which would it be and what status effect would it cause? Matt answers uh, his own question saying, I'm thinking mine would be the future sight attack, which causes damage two turns later. Sounds pretty appropriate. <laughs> or it would be hyperspace hole, which strikes through protect and similar moves. Damn. So uh, very good answers. Um, I will start off by saying I have two answers for mine. I love them both so much. Can't decide. Um, my first answer is it would be the move attract, <laughs> which uh, attracts the opposite oh, gender, boy. which works out for me because I'm heterosexual. So that would be pretty good. Um, you know, See that see that girl I've been wanting to ask out, just you know, let one lose her buyer. She's like, Ooh, Peter, you uh your pheromones today are pretty pretty on point. I'm like, hell yeah, I know. Damn. <laughs> so that'd be my first answer. My second answer is it'd be the move swagger, which oh increases their attack by two but makes them confused. <laughs> so my thinking is I would I would let one rip, and then homie across the street would be like, What the fuck is that? I'm gonna beat you up. Uh, but they wouldn't know it was me because they'd be confused. So. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Those are good answers. Thank you. They're probably my best answers from the whole episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, now I feel like mine's not as good, but I think I would do something practical, like some like an HM or something, like fly or surf. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think that, you know, like you got to use it to get places. Have like a, have your farts rocket propel you across yeah. the sky. <laughs> I feel like I'd have to plan to out where I need to go for in order for that to work. But the trajectory yeah. just right and all that <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah, or surf. I don't even know how surf would work, but if it could, that'd be great. Well, uh, thank you, Matt, for that amazing question. And uh, he has a serious question, which says, what are your thoughts on cloud gaming given Google's announcement? I, for one, am excited to potentially play games like Assassin's Creed from my Switch or from other less powerful devices. Kev, you... Uh, you're more informed on this than I am, so why don't you start? I'm only slightly more informed. Um, but yeah, I I think it would be cool in some situations, especially games you just kind of want to try out or dabble in. Um, basically, if you don't know, Google's new announcement is that they're offering a service to where you can stream video games from the cloud or a server um, and play that play the video games that way through an internet connection, which is kind of interesting. Um, I don't know. For anything that's like you want graphic intensive, I'd rather stay with my PC or like multiplayer games or anything that's requiring like non lag issues. And I know they're they're claiming that you know there won't be a lot of lag, and it's not that I don't believe them. It's just that you're always going to consistently get a lot better of <laughs> responsiveness from a video a local game you know that you have on yeah. disc. So it's it's just hardly ever going to beat that experience unless we figure out something much faster than the speed of light. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I Like I said, I think it's good in some situations, but not all. I think it's a pretty cool idea. It's called a Stadia, or Stadia, Stadia by yeah. the way. I just figured I'd throw that out there for uh, completion. Um, yeah, I, I feel pretty similar to you. I would be pretty excited, though, um, from a single player perspective, if there's some crazy game that, yeah, like pretty much what Matt said, if there's something I want to run on my Switch that is, you know, not quite so powerful, but Google's computers can stream it to me, that would be cool. Um, and also, your point about being able to try out things is really great too. If they introduce some sort of renting functionality, that would be pretty neat. Um, but otherwise, I, I mean, this is kind of my fault because I, I should have done more research maybe before <laughs> answering this question, but I am not like, I'm not super stoked about it, but I think it's cool. It's basically my my feeling. And here's a good a good use for it is actually you is that you don't have a lot of consoles where you could use it, and it doesn't require a lot of um, power. 
like PC power to run this stuff. It just requires a, a decent internet connection. So you could play some of these random games you might not normally have access to or some of the Xbox games or PS4 games. So that's actually kind of good in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, because like not everyone has the yeah. latest and greatest equipment. And not everybody so. wants to buy like a console for their podcast, you know? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Thank you, Matt, for uh, two good questions. Uh, I'm still I'm still really impressed with the fart question. Such, <laughs> such a creative mind, Matt is. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. Um, last but not least, we were finishing up with... Uh, we had to choose from 23 questions provided to us by Jason <laughs> Tate of Yeasty Boys fame and also of Majora's Mask fame. Jason, you are a madman, a mad lad. Uh, there's no stopping you, except we did. We stopped you so that we only have four of your questions or five of them or whatever. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> thanks, Jason, for sending us so many questions. We could probably do a whole other episode with the rest of yours. Yeah. Um, his first question is, what is our greatest gaming achievement? And he explains that for him, it was beating the Lion King for Super Nintendo. Fuck you, Scar. Is what he says. <laughs> um, so for me, I guess like there's two things I would consider greatest achievement, and that is like competitively, um, Smash Bros. I feel like I've done okay for myself in terms of that. Like I haven't gotten any serious accolades, so that's probably why I wouldn't put it as my greatest. But I'm pretty good at the game, and I've won a few tournaments here and there in various, you know, not so big tournaments, but I've won some. So I I feel pretty proud of my my skill in that, but I would say my yeah. most proudest uh, gaming achievement is I think at one point I was I was easily top seventy five in the world at Banjo Kazooie at speedrunning, which doesn't sound impressive, but there were a lot of speedrunners on there, and uh, I got pretty good. I was at like two hours and thirty five minutes or something like that when it was. Like the record was ten two ten somewhere around there. It's a little bit less than two ten, but um, two ten was like, oh, you're like top of the world. But I did pretty well at that one, and I tried really hard to get good at that. So banjo kazooie speedrunning is definitely probably my one of my most greatest achievements. Yeah, dude. And, and for anyone who thinks that top seventy five does not sound impressive, just think for a second about the fact that. If Kevin is number 75, then only 74 people in the world are better than him at this one thing. And, like, can you, listeners, say anything like that? No. No. You can't. So can't. put some respect on my man's name. I, I heard through the grapevine, that is my brother, that uh, <laughs> Seth Webb, an, early, an earlier person we mentioned on our podcast, he said he could beat me in a Banjo-Kazooie 100% speedrun. And I said, nah, fam, there's no way. Hmm. It's sounds, not even, like a, sounds like a challenge. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even have to brush up on my skill. I would just have to oh, shit. play the game. Might need to have a squad stream on Twitch to uh, settle this. Yeah, <laughs> it, it would be it would be easy, hands down, no question. And uh, if, we, if this does happen, Seth, because you're not too far away, we would stream it, and then on stream, after I beat you, I want you to look into the camera and say, Kevin Lewis is better than me. In Banjo Kazooie, in every way. <laughs> <laughs> I will pay per view to see that happen. Uh, but in the meantime, I will give my answer to this question, which also is uh, speed running, at least from the objective perspective. The objective perspective. Because um, I speed ran Tony Hawk's Pro Skater for the Nintendo 64, as some listeners probably know by now. Um, and I, we had a very small leaderboard when I was active. And also, I was only active for like several months. So not a very long time, but um, we had maybe 15 people on the leaderboard for 100% when I was running, and my peak was number 6, with a time of, I think, 8 minutes and 30 seconds flat for 100%. So I'm pretty proud of that. There are some people, some new people above me by this point, but I am uh, retired at the ripe young age of 24, so <laughs> happy to see new blood. Um, but my other achievement... Also happens to be Tony Hawk's related because that game franchise is very important to me. But when I 100%ed Tony Hawk's Underground for the GameCube, I was super stoked on it. That game has some really fun things that you receive as a reward for 100%ing, and you guys know how I feel about that shit. So that was pretty cool. Um, I did look up how to get some of the gaps because you know I'm not I'm not an all-knowing god as much as I like to pretend that I am. 
So uh, I did use some help, but I still count it because it still took a long time and was very fulfilling. So that's probably my my personal like favorite achievement. Yeah, and I do want to add to mine. Uh, it's kind of similar to that in that three games that I 100%ed that were quite strenuous to 100% was um, Assassin's Creed 2. That one was really hard to 100% because there was a lot of like things you had to collect. Um, Fallout 3, that was also one that was kind of difficult to 100%, um, but not extremely. And then the last one, oh, is it escaping me? Donkey Kong 64? No, definitely not Donkey Kong 64. <laughs> that one would have killed me. <laughs> no, but um, shoot, what was it? I don't know. You know what, actually, for me to 100% Star Fox 64 was also a pretty big achievement, because some of them shits was pretty hard. Yeah. So, yeah, that might, actu- that might actually, like, considering how excited I was as a young kid to do that, that might actually beat the Tony Hawk's Underground one for me. Damn. Oh, I remember what it was, sorry. Um, it was Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare 2. That one was, I, I really loved that I 100% that game, and, like, found all of the things like i guess the intel pieces without like looking them up i was really proud of that nice i searched high and low and i was like i will not look them up and i beat it and 100 percent it before all of my friends and then some of my friends came over and like was like where did you find you know this one i was like oh it's over here i was really proud of that and then you charged them 100 dollars per question i did yeah nice that's how i got rich cool well, uh, we are rich with questions yeah. from Jason, so here is our second one from Jason. <laughs> he asks, are there any games you love that no one really cared about? His answer is, he used to love this game called PsyOps Mindgate Conspiracy for the PS2 that no one seems to really talk about nowadays. Uh, lately, he plays a bunch of For Honor, which is pretty much a dead game. Ha ha. He said ha ha, not me, uh, in case I wasn't clear. Um, my answer for this is Custom Robo for the GameCube which does have a very small competitive scene that exists almost exclusively online. They've had maybe like two in-person tournaments of like any respectable size, but those are just piggybacking off of like Smash Brothers tournaments, so it's not even really like a legit thing. But Custom Robo is really fun. It's not, I wouldn't call it like a truly great game, but I think it is a lot of fun, and I think that more people should try it out or like try it in a somewhat competitive sense because it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun mixing and matching of parts to make your robo and go fight, and it's just just kind of a fun game that I really enjoy and to try to spread the word about whenever it's appropriate. Yeah, I know you really love that game. Uh, you've been itching for me to play it. Um, I've actually I have been, and I'm I've been itching to scratch your itch. So ooh ooh. Um, but for me personally, I, this game is actually kind of popular, but I don't know that it was super well received by everyone. It was rated pretty highly, but everyone I talked to about it doesn't seem to enjoy it as much as they did the prequels. Not prequels, but the... Anyway, Fallout 4. I really enjoyed Fallout 4, and I thought it was an outstanding game, and I thought it was a nice upgrade from Fallout 3. Uh, many people were like, oh no, New Vegas or 3, the best ones. And I, and I think those are good games, but I really enjoyed 4. I wouldn't say it's bad by any means. It's one of my favorite games. And, um, yeah, played a lot in college. I do also want to provide an answer that I think Matt would say if he were on the show, because he always wants me to be playing this game. And I I do have it uh, ready to go. I just haven't played it yet. Uh, but there's a GameCube game. I think it was on other systems, maybe. But a game called Killer7, which is kind of like a first-person shooter, but on rails, kind of like Star Fox. From from what I understand, I haven't actually like watched gameplay. But he says it's awesome, and there's like crazy music. And it's a game that he... Is really passionate about it. so I just want to spread the word for Matt uh, Killer Seven on GameCube or possibly other systems. <laughs> if any of you listeners are interested in something kind of weird like that, um, but yeah, are you ready to move on to the next question? Hell yeah, brother! Cool. What is it? Um, if you had to marry the last video game character you played, who would it be? And who would it be, Kevin? It's kind of weird, but it would be Yoshi. Ooh, ooh. Um, yeah, I played Smash Bros. with Ryan last night. Um, it was going to be Sekiro, and then I was like, uh, I feel like playing some Smash, and then we did some Yoshi Dittos, and then I played some Yoshi online. 
So it's, it was either going to be Yoshi or Lucas, and it ended up being Yoshi. Yeah. Kind of weird. Well, I mean, Yoshi's a caring, caring soul, I think, so you'd probably be pretty happy. Um, conversation might be difficult, but there's always a way. <laughs> he might right. be able to write. We don't know. So he might be able to like type stuff on his phone. True. Yeah. My, uh, my answer was going to be Link from Breath of the Wild, which I would be totally fine with, except that I then played Smash Brothers, kind of like you did, uh, on Monday <laughs> night. So I am marrying the space pirate enforcer, Ridley, oh. my man, my big dragon lover. <laughs> he and I are going to get married. We're going to get hitched probably in like Vegas. Uh, he's going to burn down the wedding venue. It's going to be great. He's going to kill Samus's parents. <laughs> I won't be happy about it. We're going to have kind of like, you know, rough patch around that, but I'm, I'm sure we could work it out. Well, he's got um, a big tail, you know. Yeah, and he's also half robot, which means he can probably like live a long time and take care of me in my old age. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Um, actually, I might have to get some, get some knowledge from him about those parts so that I too can be bionic. Conversation forever. might also be difficult there. Uh, he's, he's been proven to speak in, uh, in a Metroid manga, I believe. So. Huh. There's there's some basis for him being able to talk, but either way, he's a smart guy, so we could figure something out. But yeah, Ridley, it's uh, I just heard he likes to scream a lot. Oh well, you know, he only saves that for when it's appropriate. Ooh, yeah. So guys, look out for the save the date in your mailbox. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna be a fun time. We can we can uh, have a double wedding. Ooh, yeah, we can the double. Double. We will need body armor. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um. So our next question, um, Pete, is, is also from Jason, of course. The longest video game binge session, question mark. That's, that's the question. Longest video game binge session, question mark. He says, I played Skyrim for so long when it released that I forgot to eat and sleep for 24 plus hours, passed out, and then had to go to the hospital. 10 out of 10 would Skyrim again. Jason, what the fuck? <laughs> I... I don't think I could ever do any one thing for that long. Maybe, maybe I just, Jason, maybe you're the passionate one who should be doing this podcast and not me. Cause I, I don't think I could ever do this. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. I mean, I've played, I've had some really long video game like sessions, like where I've played with friends where like we've played all stinking day. I know Chris and I have done something in some regards similar, maybe a smash session or, or training for a tournament or like, Whatever it may be, but we've always like, all right, I'm hungry. We should probably go get something to eat. I don't think I've ever. I've skipped a few times on a few games, but only one meal max. I can never skip <laughs> anything like that. <laughs> but yeah. I imagine like when you get to the hospital, like explaining the problem would be would be pretty funny to to hear. Not not that you're uh, that was that was a serious issue, but it's kind of it's kind of funny from an outside perspective. Yeah, it's a good story for sure for everyone involved, from uh, from you to your parents to the uh, you know the person at the hospital. I'm sure they talk about that in the office all the time. <laughs> uh, my answer is not very exciting. Um, I'm pretty sure I played Smash Brothers Brawl with a friend uh, in high school for like maybe seven hours. That's probably it. So yeah, not too crazy. Um, you know, I just I just need my sleep. I need my I need my food. Need my drink, so yeah, yeah. I wish I had a fun answer, but unfortunately, I don't. Got to be real. There are several instances where I play video games all stinking day, um, especially when I was streaming banjo. Like I would do several runs of banjo, and a lot of those ended up being like seven to nine hours. Sometimes those that was pretty intense. Um, yeah, I've played a lot of video games with Travis, my old roommate. Shout out to Travis, wherever you are. Love you, bro. Um, we played this one game. <laughs> it's kind of a funny story, actually. We played this game called um, War in the North, Lord of the Rings War in the North, and it was, and I'm going to talk about it later as well, but it was a co-op game that you could level up your individual character, whether it be a dwarf or a elf, which was a mage. Like You could get all these different kinds of moves, unlock all these different kinds of stuff, buy different weapons. It was like an RPG co-op, which is the dream game, right? And so we were playing this game, and we thought it was so cool, and we wanted to beat it. We played it all day. And uh, we were like playing this game, and we hadn't eaten yet, and we hadn't showered, and we just smelled. And then all of a sudden we hear a knock at our door, 
and like we both kind of look at each other, and then like I open the door, and uh, it's his girlfriend at the time, and he's like, "Oh no!" Like he didn't even know she was coming <laughs> over, but he had like gotten in trouble with her earlier for um, playing video games too much, and uh, here we are, like just like. <laughs> Playing filthy. video games, yeah, filthy for playing video games all day. And the, she's like, "Hey, I thought I'd surprise you because she lived in a different town." And she's like, "What have you been doing all day?" And he's like, "Uh." <laughs> so that was pretty funny. Those, those are good times. Uh, he was really fun yeah. to play with video games with. Yeah. Speaking of playing video games with people, uh, Jason's last question is: What are some of your all-time favorite couch co-ops? He goes on to explain, "I miss." two-player games, like proper two-player games, and they seem to be becoming less and less common with multiplayer, uh, online multiplayer, I think he means, taking more of the developer's focus lately. I love finding games I can play with my wife, but usually they are small indie titles. Not that that's bad. He also misses the days of growing up playing games with friends together offline. Um, it's funny that you say that they're usually small indie titles, because that's actually my uh, one of my answers um, for like, if we're talking about strictly co-op games, my answer is probably Towerfall. Um, I've had so much fun playing that game with friends in college. For those of you who don't know, Towerfall is an, uh, it's kind of like a archery game. I mean, you have a bow and arrow. It's not really about archery. It's a 2d platformer where you like fight off monsters in an arena. Um, super duper fun. And actually the developer of that is the one who is responsible for Celeste. So if you guys are familiar with Celeste, um, if you go back and play Towerfall, like a lot of the, the movement is very similar because um, it started with Towerfall. Uh, so that's my answer for an actual co-op game. But if we're just talking about like offline multiplayer in general, it's got to be Smash Bros. for me. Like I've been playing Smash Bros. with friends since 1999 or since 2000 or whatever. So right. that's a good one. I've just got so much history with that, and yeah. and now and. And it, like in different ways too, because obviously I was like a kid, you know, dicking around and pressing pause to make the camera do funny things every two seconds. Yeah. And now I'm, you know, taking stocks every two seconds. So damn, damn. But uh, yeah. So those are my answers. Jason, I agree with you, man. It is a damn shame and a damn travesty that developers aren't like adhering to this part of gaming anymore. I thought that you know me growing up. That was one of the best things about gaming was that having a friend coming over and like staying the night and we just played this game together and you know we were like on this journey together with your best friends you know it was just one of the greatest feelings I've ever had in my life honestly and I I really enjoy playing uh, video games with my fiance I really enjoy playing video games with Chris still um, that's why we try to stream that's why sometimes I like to stream older games because they still have some of these aspects of where you can play with a friend together. Um, so I think, you know, going on a journey with someone and like being right there with them, they're right next to you and you're like trying to accomplish this goal. It's just an amazing feeling that it's a shame that some of the developers are uh, steering away from that. But getting to the actual games that were pretty good, um, Halo 4 was a good one in college. Um, we left our dorm room open to let anyone come in and play. Like anybody that wanted to come say, hey, what's up? Like, you know, see what's going on in our room. We let anyone come in and play. And that's how I met a lot of my friends that I know now. Um, they just come in, they play Halo, and we just chill and have a good time. It was probably one of the, I'll never forget that, honestly. That's how I met Joe, Ryan. Uh, well, I mean, I met Ryan <laughs> at a luau, but that's neither here or there. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Was he wearing a grass skirt? <laughs> Were you wearing a grass skirt? I wish, but we played on the same volleyball team, so that was pretty interesting. Nice. Um, but that was a really good one. One that I already mentioned with Travis was War in the North. That was also really good. Star Wars Battlefront, the old ones, one and two, amazing. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Um, Lord of the Rings Conquest is another one. Lord of the Rings had some really good like co-op games. Return of the King, like... They had some really fire co-op games, and I think there's a lot out there that I would play with my brother. Um, we, there was a lot, and I just, I always love the multiplayer games. And Smash is definitely one, but one where you're not pitted against another person. Well, you could play on the same team with someone in Smash, but most of the time I feel like I'm fighting someone, and it is really refreshing and cool to 
play with another person. I know I'm like super passionate about this right now, and I'm going on this like five minute long rant, but I don't care. That's who I am. Damn, dude, restrain yourself. <laughs> Somebody hold me back. <laughs> hold me back. Well, that's a good answer, though. You know, it's good that uh, you know you got fired up about the uh, offline multiplayer question. I got really fired up about the fart question. So really, <laughs> our, our true colors are coming through. Yeah, I they think, are. are they? More, more so than more so than usual. Yeah. Well, cool, man. That wraps up all of our questions. Uh, Jason, we will have to get to your other 22, 21 <laughs> questions at yeah. some other point. Um, thank, you for the, uh, thank you for the plentiful number to choose from. Also, Simon, you did ask us what is our prediction of what is going to happen in Avengers Endgame. <laughs> uh, I don't give a rat's ass, so we're not going to answer that question. <laughs> but thank you for sending it in anyway. I got a chuckle out of it. Love you too. Uh, <laughs> Um, and that that does it for this episode. We were happy to get all these questions, as we said. Um, An hour's worth of podcast from Q and A. How about that? Yeah, we should we should do this all the time. We should do this once a week and also pepper in like random beer reviews. That might be kind of fun. Yeah, like um, something along those lines. Yeah, we could call it like the the Beer Brothers, maybe, and have like a really sick like intermission uh, jingle. Yeah. And also maybe have a section where like people ask us for relationship advice and we get our friend to do like a voice clip for it. And then never stop doing the podcast. Yeah, just just keep going just forever, you know. Because we wouldn't want to stop and disappoint anybody. No, that would that'd be a shame. <laughs> uh, but anyway, thank you guys for listening. It's time for us to close out. As always, you can find us on our social media. Um, they are varied in nature. But the, the most hopping one is Twitter, which is the IG underscore cast. Uh, you can find us elsewhere by just pretty much googling the interstate gamers i know i say this all the time but really just google it um but as far as where to listen to us we're on apple we're on spotify we're on uh stitcher i think and pretty much pretty much anywhere you could want us we're there so we are not we're not hiding from you we are out there in the world absolutely not and shout outs to our patreons too thank you guys for supporting us um i think we might have accidentally skipped like shouting out you guys in the past few episodes so i want to um shout you guys out real quick so we got brandon story um shout out to brandon love you bro uh katie davis my beautiful fiance um ryan everett seth webb and simon webb thank you guys for supporting us we love all of you um this means a lot to us your support keeps us growing and keeps us going so thank you guys keeps us growing and going thank you guys very much love you too fans <laughs> our avid fans love you too mm-hmm. um kevin anything else you need to say before we stop this recording i think that's about it uh thanks for listening to our stuff yeah season three <laughs> season, <laughs> season three. three coming soon guys yeah. by the way in case in case you were wondering <laughs> yeah right around the corner april you guys have a good rest of your day or night love you too love you too